The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hello, everyone. We are off and running. This is Phil Golfy with Remax, the Golfy team. Welcome to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition with Rick Zamperin. Yes, you are listening to 900 CHML. Philip Golfy is a sales representative with Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfy team. Find them on the internet at robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G O L F I. Dot com Call the first ever real estate team in this city to sell 1,000 homes in a year. 905-575-7700. They're dominating social media. You can follow the Golfie team on TikTok, Twitter. Give them a like on Facebook. Check them out on Instagram as well. And if you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfie team, we actually have some listener questions we'll get to later on today. Send them an email, questions at robgolfie.com. Again, that's questions at robgolfie.com. Dot com. Phil, how is uh, how is it these days? What's going on in your life? It's been going good. Um, you know, the, the the market has been picking back up. The phone is starting to ring a lot more than it, than it was, um, and uh, it, it's been it's been it's been a lot of fun just being able to enjoy the summer. Um, been getting out, playing golf a ton, um, but but still working and, and making sure that. Uh, you know the 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 clients are taken care of in in terms of their their real estate needs, but uh, but things are going good. The uh, the Airbnb has been um, you know I've spoken about it on the show before. I I bought uh, a investment property in downtown Hamilton. I converted it to an Airbnb, and we are now in our fourth or fifth month of of operation with that Airbnb. So it's been uh, it's been quite the experience um, in in terms of running and operating it um but uh but other than that things are good things are moving and shaking and uh we're excited here we're excited for the real estate market to 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 what i'm going to call in terms of a a soft landing um when we experience this this downturn um it feels like we've we've landed softly we're starting to plateau when it comes to an average sale price that has since been declining for the last um you know eight weeks um, but we're we're seeing that soft landing when we we start to bring up the charts and and we can see the data come in from uh, from the previous month, um, which is a really good sign. So that's that's positive for um, you know home sellers out there. That's positive for you to take a little bit of anxiety, a little bit stress out of the market. And I think we're going to see you know motivated buyers kind of stepping off the sidelines and back into the market um, here in a little bit. But I want to touch on the Airbnb. I, I uh, you know, I, I have a funny story to share that uh, that that some people might enjoy. Um, so so I'll, I'll go ahead and 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 uh, talk about it. So yeah. on Airbnb, reviews are very important. Um, when when people are on, like with anything, whether it's a restaurant, um, a service, or anything, reviews have become increasingly popular. And very, uh, you know, relied upon uh, opinions to, to to ensure that you know you're getting a good service or a good meal or whatever. So that is the same with Airbnb. A lot of people rely on the reviews. Often people are traveling from out of town, from out of province, from out of country to come visit, and and they want to know what type of experience to expect prior to coming. 
so when when I first got my Airbnb, I understood this. I understood to get really good reviews to ensure that your your the the home became popular and, and you know highly sought after and, and guests were enjoying their time. So I created these welcome packages for new guests that were arriving. Um, they often included things about you know Hamilton, um, small gift cards to certain local shops, bags of chips boxes of chocolates and so on right so you were so you were sweetening reviews, them up <laughs> <laughs> yes so as these as these reviews started coming in um there was no mention of anything of my welcome package <laughs> oh, which no. i thought was strange and and i said well you know i'm putting a lot of effort into this kind of you know driving around the city have this little system figured out and, and I want, you know, I want, you know, I, I, I putting a lot of effort, but the, the return in terms of the experience and the review wasn't there. So what happens is, or what was happening is during the time that these welcome packages were being made, the cleaning person individual that I had hired oh, no. was going in <laughs> and removing the welcome package from the counter um, so unfortunately all the guests that, that they were walking into was a welcome postcard that didn't include the box of chocolates, the bags of chips or anything of that nature. So now I got to ask, did this cleaning individual, did they think that the gift bag was for them? That's what, so I've told this story to other people and, and there's absolutely no way there's any confusion in terms of who this welcome package was for. <laughs> Because on front, in front of the welcome Patrick package was a nice postcard that said, welcome to Hamilton. Thank you for coming to my Airbnb. And we're excited to have you. Right. That was not for, for the, the cleaning individual that was, that was, uh, that was there. So that's, that's been, <laughs> in terms of a, a, an experience with the Airbnb um, so far, that's been the worst, which, which in my opinion isn't terrible. It's not that bad. So I got, but it was just a little bit of an oversight on I, my end. I got a couple of questions here. Number one, <laughs> how many bags has this individual obtained? Oh, it's been, before I found this out, yeah. it, I think it was a good uh, uh, 12 to 13, 12 <laughs> to 13 welcome packages. Wow. So yeah, num number so, Number two, is this individual still employed by one Philip Golfi? Yes. <laughs> Whoa. Yes. yes, they are. Um, number one, we, we, we had a, uh, a kitchen table conversation um, about it. A kitchen, um, I, I addressed it. Um, and, and I just said, you know, it just it cannot happen again. And, and it'll, it, that's the situation we're in right now. So it's an ongoing this just happened recently. So it's, it's ongoing. Um, there was some denial, but there was some acknowledgement. Um, so, so we're, we're, we're still, you know, we still have the partnership going um, and, and we'll see, we'll see where it ends up. But yes, we are still working together. Wow. You, you have a giant what heart. What do you suggest? I what do you suggest? Rick? I would have tossed that person as far as I could have heaved them. <laughs> it was you know what my initial reaction was i was i i was like there's no way this is happening right and everything added up i was like there's no way 
this is this is what's going on. I cannot believe this is what happened. Yeah. And the only reason how I caught it is because I was at the home earlier. I made the welcome package. I forgot something. She came. And then I had to go back to the home to pick something up that I forgot, and it was gone. Mm. And the guest hasn't, hadn't even arrived yet. Right. And then you combine that with, and people are very, very inform, uh, you know, informative on the reviews, paragraphs and paragraphs talking about their stay. And I was just like, I can't believe they've mentioned everything else except this nice little welcome package that was so custom to their stay. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where if somebody was coming from, you know, out of, out of, um, out of country, I would go get the, the stereotypical Canadian items, the ketchup chips, the maple syrup, the, the little things just to make it that extra little bit, you know, more enjoyable for them. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't even a mention. And then, and then it all added up. And I said, this is why. So we're, that, that's the situation where I'm excited to hear, you know, people's reaction in terms of what I should do. And I, I think it would be 50-50 in terms of fire them or address it and continue working together. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, is she's really good. She's amazing. Right. She's, she's attentive. She shows up on time. She does a really good job. Um, she's a very hard worker. Um, and, and it was just, you know, I addressed it and, and, and that's where we are. So, um, you know, it's, uh, but that, that, that's been, 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 been the most poor experience I've had running this Airbnb so far. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a, a, an episode of Murder, She Wrote, only with, you know, a cleaning lady and a gift bag. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, the experience with the Airbnb is, is going phenomenal. It's amazing, and I've said this before in the past, it's amazing to see what people are coming into the city for and the amount of different things that people are traveling for and what brings them to Hamilton. It's, it's, it's awesome. Whether it's work related, there's been a ton of, um, um, inquiries in regards to, to weddings and, and people that are doing, you know, cross country tours as well, you know, whether it's a backpacking tour or somebody passing through Canada, you know, through, through Canada, going into the United States, Hamilton, um, has been a, a destination that people have added to, to their tours. Um, so it's, it's, it's amazing to see. Um, there's a huge demand for it. Um, during the month of July, I had three vacant days. Three hmm. vacant days. I had about six different guests coming. Wow. Only three vacant days. So it just shows you in terms of if anybody's thinking of, of getting an Airbnb or doing an Airbnb, I highly recommend it. If you have any questions about it, please reach out. I think we're going we're gonna to develop a little shop or a little program um, just to, to inform people or, or people that are looking for information on, on operating and running an Airbnb um, and, and, and jumping into that, that market because there's a ton of information right now in terms of you know, developing long-term rentals and doing the long-term rental game and buying an investment property. But this Airbnb um, will really, really open your eyes. And, and it is enjoyable because you, you get to meet a ton of people. You get to interact with a lot of people. And, um, it's, it's, it's a nice, you know, fun hobby that I'm, I'm really enjoying, Mm -hmm. um, in comparison to, you know, uh, you know, the traditional type of real estate investing in terms of long-term rentals. Now it is a lot more work. It's a lot more maintenance, but the the money is a lot better. And and I, I, I get a little bit more fulfillment out of it in comparison to the other, the other sort of, uh, rental game really quick. Cause we got to go, um, how do they find your Airbnb in particular? 
Yeah, it's just on the Airbnb app. You can you can you can go on Airbnb. You type in how many guests you have and what what uh, stay you're looking for, and immediately you know it'll populate you know 15, 20 different Airbnbs based on your criteria. And just check it out. I'm telling you right now, go on the Airbnb app or go on the, the website, and you'll see all the different Airbnbs um, you know in and around our city. Um, and some of them are really neat and really cool. And we've even seen locals from Hamilton go on the weekend and rent out other Airbnbs in the city just, just to get out of their house and get away for a little, for a weekend and, and, and enjoy a, a stay in, um, you know, somewhere else. So that's been popular as well. It's a pretty neat idea. More from the Golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton edition. When we come back, we'll focus on a really big home in an area in the GTA that's causing some angst. You're listening to 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprin. Pleased to be joined by Philip Golfy, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. You can call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700. Check them out on social media, whether it's TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Give them a like and a follow. And for the hottest listings in town, you got to go online to robgolfy.com. That's Rob G. G-O-L-F-I.com and start packing. Hey, if you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfie team, send them an email. Questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. We do have a couple of listener questions we'll get to a little later on in the program. How big is too big? Well, there is a Mm. home in the Richmond Hill area that is apparently too big for many of the residents of this neighborhood. It stands 35 feet tall. It's just three centimeters shorter than the maximum height allowed in this community. And as you can imagine, with all the other homes in this neighborhood being a lot smaller, some of the residents are saying, what is going on? Uh, One person has called it a monstrosity and an eyesore. It's been the target of vandalism as well, which we do not promote, of course. But Phil, how do you sell other homes in this neighborhood when you have this giant home towering over all the other ones? It's pretty interesting. Uh, This story made headwaves across social media when when it first came up. And, and and the 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 images that were were released just shows the disparity between this home and the other ones almost looking like it's the other ones are are, are little Lego homes and this <laughs> one is just some some giant you know monstrosity as described like it's it's um clearly does not fit in with the with the neighborhood uh it it, it clearly is is you know 
definitely in a, an, an eyesore in terms of today. Um, I, I got a lot of unanswered questions. Number one, for somebody to invest this much money um, in tearing down a home like this and, and rebuilding it, you would think that they would go to a neighborhood that would suit this um, style of home, mm-hmm. suit the, the, the size of home in comparison to the, the other homes in the neighborhood. Now, is this a neighborhood that's going to be that, that, that the, all these other homes are going to eventually be torn down and turned into these style of homes? I don't think so because, it, it, you know, in terms of looking at the, looking at the pictures that were released, the, the, the lots seem to be relatively smaller and narrow, whereas people that are looking for teardowns and rebuilds are looking for lots, you know, 80 feet wide by, you know, um, or, or, you know, at least 80 feet wide so they can build, you know, a custom home. But this is, uh, you know, it's definitely an eyesore. It definitely does not fit the the style of the neighborhood. Um, and I can see why the, the, the reaction has been negative, and I can see why the the neighbors are up in arms. But I, I, I think it's, you know, they're not doing anything illegal. They're not doing anything that they're not allowed to do. It's just a poor planning bylaw by the municipality, and it's, poor judgment by the, the, the owner, right? In the end, this person is allowed to do whatever they want with, with their property within the, the bylaws. And, you know, that's what they've done. But unfortunately they've, they've changed, you know, certain laws and regulations to allow for redevelopment and building and, and things of that nature in, in, in the municipality, um, which is Richmond Hill. And, and unfortunately, you know, as we see all, all laws don't fit, you know, all properties. And, and this is a, a perfect example and, and a one-off, but it's, uh, you know, I, I get it. I, you know, the neighbors definitely have a reason to be disappointed, but I think at, at this, at this point in stage, it's, it's the home is almost completed and, and, you know, they followed all rules and regulations and, and there's nothing that there's, there's nothing else you can do about it. Um, but this is a very, very one-off, um, situation. This is something, you know, that, that we don't often see. I think in terms of somebody who's investing this amount of money and this much money into a property would, would, you know, doesn't often do something like this. They want to build something that suits the neighborhood. They want to build something that there's going to be a return on investment. Um, whereas I, you know, looking at this, I'm not sure if that's, that's a possibility because not, you know, nobody would, you know, not everyone would want to live in, in a home that doesn't suit the neighborhood or, 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 or sticks out like a sore thumb, never mind the neighbors looking up at it. So, um, you know, it's a very interesting, a very interesting situation. It's, it's just, you feel for the neighbors, um, that, that, that are around it. And, and, you know, maybe it just, maybe it's an eyesore right now, but, but in eventually two, three years down the road, it just, it's just there. Right. Yeah. Not not only is this home, which again is 35 feet tall, 10.97 meters tall. It's just three centimeters shorter than the maximum allowed height. It is also covers 39.7 percent of the lot. The limit is 40 percent. So it's just under that uh, stipulation as well. My question is. And, and this goes especially for the homes that are right next door to this monstrous house. Do you think it's going to be easier to sell the monstrous house sometime down the road or the ones that are beside it? Wow. Um, 
the ones beside it. I think it would be I think it would be easier to sell the ones beside it because that the price for that home being built, if once you bring in the land costs, the um the building costs, they're gonna be asking a number that's gonna be double or triple the neighborhood value. Right. Um in, in, in comparison. Whereas you know, the, the house next door suits the neighborhood. People people will go to that neighborhood for, for that price point. Whereas if somebody else is in that other price point, they're they're looking in different neighborhoods and different style of homes rather than that one. Now, is this one of the first dominoes that fall where people will say, Oh, this is an opportunity to, you know, build that style of home on that style of lot. That's exactly what I want. I want a really big house on a small lot and I want a house that that, that that's exactly like this. Well, let's go buy the neighbor's property, tear it down, and build our, you know, build the exact same style of home. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe that starts happening. Because let's face it, in all these Burlington, Oakville, Mississauga neighborhoods, there was always the first one that tore down the house and built. There was always the first one. And and you know, is this the first person that's tearing tearing down and rebuilding? You know that you know we'll find out soon. But but at one time, all those you know traditional old Burlington neighborhoods that used to be filled with, you know, small thousand square foot bungalows on those 120 wide, you know, 200 deep lots. Those were once tore down too. And, and you drive through those neighborhoods today and there's no sign of them anymore because they're all gone. They're all torn down and they're all rebuilt. You'll see the odd one of, of the old, you know, the, the old, you know, the older person that's been there since the beginning that's hanging on and, and they get, you know, 10 people that knock on their door every single month wanting <laughs> to buy their house, but they're going to hold out. So you might see one or two available, but this, you know, that's what happens in these types of neighborhoods with those big lots. But unfortunately this neighborhood doesn't, isn't that traditional, you know, tear down and rebuild style of neighborhood. The, the lot doesn't look any more than 40 feet wide. Yeah. The, the front of the house looks like, it, you know, you have the front door in the garage and that's it. And it's not, you know, a big sprawling wide lot. So it, it, it's very interesting. Um, you know, I, I, there's, there's definitely a backstory behind this. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see where, you know, you know, what happens, but, you know, driving down that neighborhood, you know, it doesn't take much to create an eyesore. We, we, we you know, everyone, everyone has that house in their neighborhood that, that would, they, they would describe as an eyesore. Um, and this is definitely that one in that neighborhood for sure. Yeah, this is a head scratcher on a number of fronts. If you want to sell your home or you are in the market to buy a house, call Hamilton, Burlington, and Niagara's top real estate team, the Golfie team, at 905-575-7700, online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I dot com. The average price of a home in Canada uh, is just north of $660,000 at last check. Much higher, of course, here in the Hamilton, Burlington area, Niagara as well. It, it really has a lot of millennials, a lot of Generation Z thinking, how in the world am I ever going to afford a house? Can they do it? Is there is there a silver lining? Is there a light at the end of this long, dark tunnel? Um. Well, yes. The the light at the long at the end of the long dark tunnel is hopefully um, you know a mom or a dad standing there with a check <laughs> that's uh, waiting for them yeah. and that's that's what's been the situation for uh, first time home buyers in 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 this market in in today's market it's mom and dad you've you, you know your house has doubled in the last ten years. 
Um, we've appreciated um, to, to, you know, 20% in the last two years. Um, you know, home values are way up. I need to get into this market, and can I have a piece of your pie um, that you've earned um, recently? And that's what's been going on is, is gift letters and gift payments and co-signers and um, things of that nature for, for young millennials to, to get into the market. Um, but, but if that's, you know, if, if people do not have that option, um, you know, I always go back to the suggestion of, you sometimes you cannot buy where you want due to the value, but get into the market, build equity, build a four savings account. And if that includes going to, uh, you know, a, a further suburban market, um, to, to find affordability, then do it and, 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 and build appreciation and build, build a forced savings account. Because once you, once you do that, you'll have a very good opportunity moving into that next home that is your dream home or closer to where you want to live. But the sooner you can get into the market, the better. But the, um, it, that's the conversations I'm having every single day. And, and I, I have that conversation with, with my dad all the time. I, I say like, you know, first time home buyers, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, in terms of a comfortable first home in, in Hamilton is 500,000 approximately. Like it's just the amount of money that, that your monthly payment combined with taxes, combined with utilities, it's, there's not a lot left at the end of the month um, for, for somebody that's, that's looking to get into the market. Now for somebody who's been in the market for 30 years and bought for 150, 200,000 and now their house is worth 800, well, guess what? it's a lot easier for them to move up and to move around and to get into a different house. But for the first time homebuyer, there's a huge barrier and a huge bridge. I want to bring up a comment that I saw on Facebook um, that, that really, you know, created a lot of discussion and, and uh, got my attention. It states, it's, con it's confusing to think that the most expensive purchase of our lives has no overseeing body to regulate prices and not allow for homes to be sold so far over their value any idea why that is? And I said, well, value is subjective, right? Value is different to every single person. Value is, um, is it will, will always be subjective and, and have, and somebody's going to have a different opinion on, on value. There, there will never be an over-regulating body in terms of value because if somebody's going to give you a number or somebody's going to pay or, or want to pay for it, they will. And guess what? If they, if, if no one's going to, well, we've seen in the last kind of four to eight weeks, people will reduce their price until somebody will. Um, and that's, and that's, that's the, the reality of value. There's nobody that controls the value more than, than the buyers. Everybody thinks the real estate agents control the value. Everybody thinks the Bank of Canada, everybody, the, the buyers control the value. If, the, the, if there's more than one buyer that are, that's willing to pay a certain number for a price, well, that can be considered the value. Um, but, but like I said, the value of real estate will, will always remain subjective. If there are buyers in the market that are willing to pay a certain number, that's, that's what the sellers are going to demand. And that's what the, they're going to ask for. If they're not, then the sellers are going to have to reduce their price. And we go back to that supply, supply and demand factor. And then somebody else raised another point in regard to appraisals and everybody thinks, well, the, 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 the appraised value is, is the value. And, and I, and I, you know, I, I, I disagreed. I said, well, the appraised value can be considered the value that the bank puts up, uh, puts upon the property 
for their own protection. The appraisal process is not in place for the purchaser. It's not in place to protect the purchaser in any way. It's in, it's in place to protect the bank. And that value that the bank puts on the appraised value of the home is to ensure that they're not overlending to the point where they're going to get in trouble in the event that the buyer defaults on payment or, or so forth. And that's, that's the only reason for the, the for properties to be appraised. They're not, they're not being appraised to ensure that the buyer did not overpay for it or underpay for it. They're only in place to ensure that the, that the bank is protected to ensure that their loan, they're not over, um, you know, the, the value of the property is there so they can, they can put, put the loan on it. So it's just a, a very interesting discussion in terms of what's going on right now um, when it comes to value, um, value of real estate and value of homes. And it, it, it's, it's an ongoing discussion and an ongoing thing um, amongst all, all families and, and all environments right now. It's a great way to uh, break it down. You can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for the Golfy Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform. Hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, a forecast from RBC, which is predicting historic lows in the real estate market. We'll explain next here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Homeward bound I wish I was Homeward bound Home When my thoughts escaping Home When my music's playing Home When my love lies waiting silently Listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Zamprin with Philip Golfy, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. Find them on the World Wide Web, robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G O L F I.com. Call them at 905 575 7700. And you can follow the Golfy team on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and TikTok as well. If you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfy team, send them an email, questions at robgolfie.com. RBC is out with its latest uh, market forecast, if you will. It's expecting home sales to fall 23% this year and 15% next year, a cumulative drop of 42% from the start of 2021, which by their calculation would be the largest in any of the past four national downturns. Uh, we know that the average property price here in Ontario has fallen about 7%. And uh, certainly the cottage market has been affected, certainly those in and around the Toronto area. Your your first blush at hearing some of those numbers. We heard, you know, predictions from CMHC in the past that didn't pan out. What do you think of this one from RBC? Yeah, so um, scary. Um, mm -hmm. my very first reaction is scary. It's you, you look at your home value, look at your price, you, you start to, you know, think about your wealth and, and a lot of Canadians, their wealth is in, in their home and in their property. And you hear RBC, which is a very reputable bank, a big bank been around forever, come out and say, you know, home, home values can fall as much as 42%, which is, you know, you're cutting the, the wealth of, of Canadians 42%, which is a lot. Um, that's my initial reaction. 
Um, but in my opinion, I, I, this is, this is a dramatic, dramatic headline. Um, I do not see home values falling to that extent. Um, and, but, but I think there'll be examples of, of values following as much as 42%. And we've talked about it before is we have these big swing markets. Hamilton is not one of them. Oakville, Burlington, Grimsby, they're not those swing markets. And what I mean by a swing market is it's, it's going to be the markets that people went to when there was nothing else available. The outskirt markets who are going to have these dramatic swings as they, as they always have. Um, so there, there will be examples of, of, of prices falling that much. There's a, there's a cottage town, Bancroft, who um, is already on record where, where their prices in, um, you know, in comparison to the first quarter of this year, are already down 35 to 40% um, in comparison to, to what they were. So that would be an example of a swing market. It's a cottage area, um, you know, do, doesn't have a lot of demand in a, in a traditional market, relatively slower paced market. And, and they saw this massive upswing through the pandemic, um, which, which prices were, uh, you know, appreciating at, you know, hundreds of percents, um, over, over year over year. And, and now we're seeing, you know, we're seeing a little bit of a pullback. So, so that would be one example, but you know, RBC was on record saying that we were going to, we're going to appreciate double digits year after year about two years ago. And, 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 you know, I, I really don't think it's, we're going to that extent, but I think there, there is some truth and validity to their article um, with raising points in terms of where we're going to go as an economy and, and as a market. But, um, you know, even when we look at the, the HPI indexes of, of certain municipalities and neighborhoods, the swings are definitely bigger in comparison to what they were before. Um, you, the, the swings have become more dramatic. Um, the, the prices have appreciated or depreciated at a more rapid pace. And when you just look at any any graph or, or um, any 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 you know home value information, you'll be able to see the 2017 climb and then dip, and then and then when we come into 2020, uh, 2021, you see the climb and then and then you see the rapid dip. And but but when when we go back to 2017, we caught up to that 27 peak in terms of price when we were in that crazy market of 2017. And we, we dipped, um, you know, April, May, June, July through the summer of 2017. We caught up to that peak of, of that 2017 price halfway through 2018. And that market rebounded so fast and so quickly. And I think we're expecting the same to happen with, with what's gone on here. Um, I mentioned it at the beginning of the show is we were, we're right now, it feels like we're, we have a soft landing. Um, the prices that have de- depreciated at a rapid pace in our area are starting to level out um, and we're starting to find some normality to, to the market. Um, and, and we, we, we will start appreciating at, um, a slow pace. I would say in the next, you know, in the next little while um, into the spring of next year, we will appreciate a, a, at a slower pace than, than uh, and start appreciating at a slow pace again. And we will catch up to, um, those peak numbers that we saw in Q1 of this year. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm very confident of that. There, there's a number of reasons why, um, and, and just looking at the supply of housing in, in the Ontario market alone, 
You combine that with the amount of new immigrants that are set to come here, um, upwards of 600,000 new immigrants coming into the GTA, GTHA, um, into Canada. So that's going to have an effect on, on housing. And then combined with that, we still have so much red tape um, around building new housing, building new developments, and we are not able to build houses fast enough to, to be able to have the supply to, to welcome everyone. And, and that's going to push our number um, and, and allow us to appreciate at a much, um, you know, not a rapid pace, but a, a small appreciation, single digit, four to 5%, six to 60% uh, per year, just to keep up with, with, um, you know, you know, your standard inflation. So that's where I see it going. But the, the depreciating of 42% is just, um, you know, it's just outrageous. It's going to scare a lot of people. I think it's going to grab headlines. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. When we come back, there is a new digital tool that identifies overbidding in some neighborhoods in the GTA. We'll dive into that when we come back here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We'll go around here on the Golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition on 900 CHL. It's in front with Philip Golfy. Philip is a sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. You can check it out online at robgolfy.com. Call Hamilton's first ever real estate team to sell a thousand homes in a year, 905 575 7700. And you can check out the Golfy team on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. There is a new digital tool that allows web users to go online, uh, type in some information, and get some statistics on overbidding in some GTA neighborhoods. It's called Wahi. Uh, I used it earlier this morning, and while some neighborhoods popped up, others did not. So I'm, I'm guessing they're still, you know, rolling in some information. Phil, what do you think about this? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we want to use every single tool available to help us make a better educated decision. Um, in my opinion, if you're working with a good real estate agent who knows the area, who knows the area well, um, will we'll hopefully give you an opportunity to, to not want to use an app and, and put it, you know, put a bunch of random information into a computer and hopefully that, that makes you an educated buyer. Um, I, 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 you know, th- this is a great topic and, and uh, it's a new digital real estate tool and it's, you know, it will work. I mean, obviously use all the tools available, but we often talk about, you know, who to, you know, who to work with if you're selling, but, but it also comes down to who to work with when you're buying and, and picking and choosing the right real estate agent to work with to buy is, is very, very important. And I always say, don't work with just a door opener. Don't work with somebody who's just going to open the door, let you walk around the house. Don't, doesn't say anything. You, you want to work with somebody who, who's going to educate you, who's going to help you make a decision. What type of information are they giving you to help you make your decision? Every single time I show up to a showing, I have every single comparable house that is sold in comparison to that property that we're looking at from the last six months. I have the history of that home. 
I have any neighborhood um, statistics in terms of HPI index, price per square foot, things of that nature that I'm giving my client to help them make an educated decision um, going to buy the property. You want to know the history of the home. If this home has sold six times in the last 20 years, why? Right? That's a lot for a house to sell in, in, in 20 years. Um, you want to have as much information available to you. And sometimes it's not just about price. It's, it's about, um, you know, how often does the neighborhood term, turn over? Um, you know, how many times has, have, has these homes sold in there? But what's the price ceiling? What's the price floor? Um, things of that nature that you want to be you want to be in the know about as a buyer. And I think, you know, there's, you know, you don't want to work with somebody who's just going to open the door and say, yeah, there's the kitchen, there's the bathroom and there's three bedrooms. Do you like it? Cause I, I, I don't think that's a, a, a really good buying experience for um, an individual. Now there's a lot of people out there that don't want a realtor, don't use a realtor and are looking on their own and that's fine too. But, but when, when that, um, viewing comes and that showing comes, we want to make sure that we have everything available and accessible so that our buyer is in the know to make an educated purchase and an educated decision when it comes time to put in an offer. We got about a minute. The first thing I thought of is, oh boy, this is going to uh, maybe entice more home sellers to do so privately. Cause Hey, I can just, you know, punch in some data and away I go, I have my price and I'm good to go. What do you think? Yeah, and, and those tools are available. And are, are they always correct? Absolutely not. Um, there's, there's more to pricing a home than just punching in a bunch of, um, you know, pun- punching in your address into an address bar and, and, and it's spitting out a number. I mean, I, I wouldn't trust it. I, um, you know, this is, this is you know, we, we've seen how price sensitive this market is. Um, underpricing, overpricing, getting the right price is so important to having a successful sale. And we always talk about pricing that the, the pitfalls of, of overpricing. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. I'm a buyer right now. I'm looking to move downtown Hamilton. There was a house that came up for sale that was overpriced by $200,000. I said, if it was at this price, I would have bought it on the spot. That home ended up reducing to the price that I said it should have been at. I didn't even go look at it because I emotionally checked out of that deal out of that house. And I didn't even want to see it anymore. Cause I almost checked, you know, checked it out. I was like, you know what? I'm not interested anymore. That's an example of me being a motivated buyer, wanting a home, wanting a property, but didn't even go to look at it after they reduced their price. There you go. Uh, Phil, appreciate the time. We we had a couple of listener questions we're going to get to. We'll have to save them for next week. So tune in then to the Golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition. We're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.